Thanks for listening to the Issue Podcast. If you like what you hear, then be sure to catch us every week on all your streaming services. Make sure to follow our social media. All links can be found in the description of our episodes. Email us your thoughts. Our email is theissuemailbox at gmail.com. Also, sign up for the newsletter while you're there. And uh, you can do that by going to our website that we have linked in this episode. All you have to do is put in your email and click sign up. Guys, don't forget to like, subscribe, share with your friends. And thanks for listening to The Issue. Yo, what's up? We are back. It is the issue. Monday, July 5th, another episode. God bless America. Hope everyone had a very good, fun, safe 4th of July, um, wherever you are. Hope it was fun. Yeah, I mean, we definitely had a good one. Pretty good weather for the most part. Yeah, um, barbecues are, are kind of big. What's your go-to barbecue food at a 4th of July? Type event like you know Memorial Day, Fourth of July, yeah, like, you know, I'm always a, holidays. I'm always a big bacon cheddar burger kind of guy. If you can give me a, you know, I'll fry up some bacon, and you it's know have gourmet. to you know have to do the. I mean, you have to go all out. It's Fourth of July. I agree. You I think uh, I would probably go hot dog. But speaking of going all out, I think today this episode we are going all out here. All right, it's really starting. We're starting to get into NFL. Um, we're what seven, eight weeks out. So we started doing our divisional predictions. Right, and we have another one for you guys today, the AFC West. We did the NFC West last week. Um, go back and listen if you haven't. It was a good one. Um, so We're going to get to that. We'll get to why the Yankees suck this year. Yeah. Um, you know, get into a little bit of quarterbacks, NFL quarterbacks, like we do every show. Oh, we all much. It, look, those are the faces of billion-dollar Businesses. We talk about Jeff Bezos a lot in you know non sports talk radio, just other right. I mean, his media. name comes talk up about, every day. Yeah, talk about Jeff Bezos, you know, Bill Gates, stuff like that, right? Elon Musk, because they're the heads of billion dollar corporations. Yeah. Anyway, it is the issue. Follow us on social media. All right, go to our Instagram at the underscore issue podcast and then go over to our twitter which is just at the issue podcast send us an email the issue mailbox at gmail.com you can find all of this in the description of the episode you can also find the link for our website go to our website sign up for our email list okay you're going to be up to date on everything going on with the show all sports We'll, we'll keep you Updated on everything that's going on. You're going to know every time an episode's coming out. Plus the first, I don't know, so two of us, plus the first like eight to ten people, or, you know, eight to ten people that express interest in doing a fantasy football league this year as well. Right. So jump on that now. Sounds that good. That way, just, just in case, save your spot, get some fantasy fun. It'll be a little fun. Do If you guys want to do a little little betting, you know, right. a little wagering on some fantasy, that's fine. We can do that. If not, we'll do a free league. doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, just having fun playing fantasy, a little friendly competition. Should be good. Um, so let's get into the episode, man. We're going to go over the AFC West today. Got all the predictions. Um, this one was a lot easier than the last one. So we started out with, I think, probably the hardest division to do. I don't know if we thought that went through completely. We started out with the NFC West, right? Like I said, go back, listen to that. But this week we are doing the AFC West. This was a lot easier for us. I would say I think there's a clear-cut number one and a clear-cut number four. And then the middle two we can kind of jockey around with, right? So let's start out with the number one team in the AFC West. No shocker here, the Kansas City Chiefs. Right. We've been finishing it 
14-3, new 17-game schedule, no 14-2 anymore. There's no 500 anymore, so 14-3 uh, for the Chiefs. They have Patrick Mahomes. I mean, but what more do you need to say? So the losses, though, I want to talk about this because there's not, there's not much to say hot take-wise for the Chiefs, but I think some of the losses we have could shock some of you, right? So for example, we have Tennessee beating them in Week 7, so... That's the first loss. I think they go 6-0. and And then we look at Tennessee beating them in Week 7. So it's a short week for KC. Tennessee can run the football, keep the ball out of Mahomes' hands. They just got Bud Dupree, who's going to be an upgrade pass rushing. We know the recipe is to get to Mahomes. They upgrade on the defensive end. You now have Julio Jones to draw a little coverage away from A.J. Brown. They can't double him over the top as much with Tyron Matthew. I think Tannehill's a good enough quarterback. It's at Tennessee. Mike Rabel's a good coach. Right. I like Tennessee. Now the Raiders in Week Ten. It's at Vegas. I want to say it's a, it's either a night game or like a or like a late afternoon game. The fans are going to be out. They haven't been to games in forever. The Raiders have a great following. Derek Carr's not a bad quarterback. They beat Kansas City last year, so people are saying, "Oh, that that'll never happen." They beat a healthy Kansas City team last year. And then the Chargers in Week Fifteen. By then, I think the young off the line has gelled a little bit. Herbert's getting better, gelled with the new coach more. Hopefully, the injury bug isn't terrible at that point. They have been a little injury prone on the defense. I'm banking on that not happening. You can't predict injuries. Right. The Chargers and Herbert gave the Chief fits last year. It was a close game in their second meeting. I, 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 think, I think the Chargers squeak one by this year. I think they're going to be improved. I know some people are saying they might be a little overhyped. You look at their schedule and you start thinking wins and losses, who's a better football team? I don't think the Chargers have that many losses. And, so, And not to forget, we saw the Chiefs be shaky at points last year, especially yeah. down the stretch in the later part of the season where they were winning games by three, four points I think they had like every a, week. They had, eight, they had like an eight to ten, ten game stretch where they had a one possession game all the time, like for eight to ten straight weeks. So let's get to the Chargers, the number two team. People are saying overhyped, you know, 9-8, and 10-7. I see them as an 11-win football team. I really do. I was hesitant because, yes, new head coach. You have no idea what you're getting, especially in a division with maybe not the best coaches outside of Andy Reid with John Gruden and Vic Fangio, but experienced coaches. So they've been there. They have the experience edge. So I was a little shaky giving it to um, with Brandon Staley, the new coach there, and Herbert. But when you just list, in a lot of their games, you list the top 10 players in that football game who has better players. Most of the games, the Chargers have six to seven of the best football players in every game they play. They're going to be a good football team. I think they did lose to the Chiefs twice, though. I just think the Chiefs are a better... Or, I'm sorry, they lose to the Chiefs once in Week 15. I think um, they have the edge. They're probably going to lose to the Browns early in Week 5. I just... The Browns are a better football team, at least at that point. They return a lot of starters. Um, how about the Ravens in Week 6? I don't think that's really all that close. Uh, yes, the Chargers are good, but they're not the Ravens. They're not Lamar. They don't win 80% of their games right now. Um, and then they have a bye week. Even coming off the bye week, I still don't like Herbert and a young coach against Bill Belichick. I just don't I don't care who Bill's starting, if he's starting Mac or Cam. He always seems to eat him alive. Every yeah. single time Bill Belichick plays a young quarterback, it never ends well. I mean... Even a guy like Josh Allen, who's very, very good, and who we think is going to be probably a top—he will be a top five quarterback this year. We'll get to that later. 
I, I agree. I agree. He gives him fits. Belichick and gives him fits. He gave him fits for the entire first part of his career. Yeah. And still does. He, yeah. But he overcomes them better now. Yeah. I agree. And then the Pats, they have a lot of young quarterbacks on their schedule early, even and late, but a lot of them early. They're going to be rolling. So, uh, And then the Steelers week 11, I just think the Chargers coming across country to play Pittsburgh. That defense, again, really good against young quarterbacks. Um, okay, now the third team, the Raiders. I think now this is the third or fourth draft in a row that Mayock and Gruden have overdrafted somebody. I don't think Leatherwood was the fit there. I said if he drops to the Steelers, what was that, 22-ish? I'd be fine with a Leatherwood being a first-round pick. I think he was projected more like a second or a third. Yeah. And they reached and got him at 17. They just lack guys. They just lack dudes. I mean, Derek, they're just so superbly average to below average. I like Derek Carr. He's an average quarterback, slightly above. Josh Jacobs is a little bit overrated. I think he's closer to the 7th or 8th best back, not the 3rd or 4th. Right, they do lack depth. But yeah, they just... They, I agree. They get Kenyon Drake, but even then, I still think it's an underwhelming group of weapons. I don't think Henry Ruggs is the answer at all. I don't think he's a, a very good um, wideout. I like Waller. He's not great. He's not, he's not special, I don't think. I could probably give you three tight ends better. And what you have to remember is having depth in this league is so important. If yeah. you want to make a run, or if you even want to get down the stretch and try to fight for a playoff spot, look, especially in a 17-game season, it's going to be increasingly important to stay healthy. But the guys that can't stay healthy, to have good number twos and good number threes. So the teams that you're going to see pull ahead, that's what they have. That's what the Raiders lack. Yeah, I agree. Um, so then you get into their their, their schedule's brutal. Ravens week one, Steelers week two, Dolphins week three, Chargers week four. That's 0-4. I think that's 0-4. Even if the, even though the Chargers are still a young group by then, they just, again, way more talented. They probably have nine out of the ten best players in that game. Mm-hmm. You can go through it. I'd go Herbert, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams. You would take Herbert over Derek Carr? Yeah. I, I think we have it listed this year that Derek Carr, still yet to see, I think Herbert's Closer than we think. Okay, so you we, take... we did the top fourteen. I think I think Herbert's fifteen and Carr's twelve. I don't think it's a huge gap. Yeah, but you and I take... think talented wise, Herbert's better. I think I have him lower because I don't know yet. Okay, so in this game that you take Herbert over Carr for sure. I would take. Oh yeah, and I just think they have more talented guys. I think Carr's the only one, the only Raider in the top ten best players in that game. Then I think they go on a little bit of a win streak, lose to the Cowboys in week I believe twelve. Then they'll lose to the Chiefs in 14, Browns in 15, Colts in Week 17, and the Chargers again in Week 18. By then, Herbert is going to be rolling. Gruden's terrible in January, like you said, December and January. Yeah, he does seem to drop all those games. So, finally, the the Dwellers at the bottom. I thought this was fairly easy. I know that they upgraded on defense, but the Broncos at 5-12. and 12. Yes, they're going to have a top probably five secondary. I think they have good pass rushers coming back. And they have good weapons. You cannot win in this league with the fourth best quarterback in your division. You cannot do it. I talked about this last year with Derek Carr because I thought Drew Locke would be better. Now it's not even close. Drew Locke is the worst quarterback in this division. You can't go across last year. All the people at the bottom had, I'd say about out of eight divisions, five to six of them had the fourth best quarterback in their division can't do it um 
and I have no idea if Vic Fangio can coach. He's experienced. I talked about that earlier. I don't think he's a good coach. He hasn't won. I think they lose the Giants week one, Ravens week four, Steelers week five, Raiders six, Browns seven, Washington in week eight, Cowboys in week nine, mild win streak, then the, the Chargers in 12, Chiefs in 13, Raiders in 16, Chargers again in 17, and the Chiefs again in 18. Like, just think it out. Do you really think they steal any of those games? Maybe Washington? Maybe one of the one of the Raiders games? So they're maybe a, what, 7-10 team? Yeah. Oh, cool, they're still at the bottom. They're just not, I don't think they're going to be a good football team, period. So, running back down through there? At number one, we have the Chiefs at 14-3. Two, the Chargers at 11-6. The Raiders at 8-9. And, and the Broncos at 5-12. and 12. I mean, going through all the wins and losses like we did... I, which I feel like is the best way to do it, right? The way we sit down and go through it. We go each team, schedule, game by game. And we go wins and losses just straight up off the rip, and then we think, could they steal a game here or there? Could they have a, have a lapse game, have a trap game and here and there? Take look in, at short weeks. Take into account short weeks. Travel. Even time. You look at if a team has momentum. Like, for example, the 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 Raiders. I have them at 8-9. and nine. They're going to lose the first four games. But then I don't have them losing again until Week 12. Would I be shocked if they steal a game against the Cowboys in Week 12 after they've won like six or seven straight? Not at all. I wouldn't be shocked. I still think they lose to the Cowboys, but it's little things like that. So, Right, so now it's time to hand out the superlatives for the division. Right, so we're going to go... Um... Well, we got best player. And since the... The best player in this case is a quarterback. We'll just start. Best player, Patrick Mahomes. Absolutely. Can't make an argument otherwise. I don't think it's de- a debate. He's an MVP. He's going to be an MVP candidate every year for the next probably 10. And then he'll start to maybe get out of his prime. But even then, I still think I could see him still being an MVP candidate. Yeah. You have the best coach in the division helping him out. The best weapons. He He's going to be the best player. Right, and then piggybacking off of that to the best offensive player in the division that's not a quarterback. Yeah, I think it'd be unfair to because that it'd be the same person. It he, is, he, yeah. It, but it is his best weapon, Travis Kelsey. He's the best tight end in the game. I think he's the best tight end, probably since like prime Gronk in the last decade. I would say Travis Kelsey's yeah. the best tight end. Uh, wh- what he can do matchup wise, way too crafty for a linebacker. Most linebackers. And just too big and physical for a safety. Or a DB, any type yeah, of DB. any type of DB to, to, to cover that. I mean, I've seen them try to walk corners down on them. They've put outside linebackers on them, and he's just made them look silly. Yeah. So. Like, if he's their leading receiver as a tight end, that doesn't happen. Right. Um, okay, defensive player of the year. I think it's Joey Bosa. I think Joey Bosa is the really good. I think he's a good safe pick. Uh, every single year, he seems to be able to put up the the type of stats that you know you're looking through Instagram, like come you know December January, and he's all over these graphics with these crazy numbers, these video game numbers, right? I agree. He uh, he's so quick off the line. He's a lot like his brother Nick Bosa with yeah. uh, with San Fran. Just you're right. His clips and his highlights are just—it's not even real. Almost, he's physical. He's quick. Um, I think he's a top 
three to five pass rusher in the league right now. And he for sure is going to have another good season. I think you know? you're looking at Aaron Donald, TJ Watt. Outside of that, you're looking at a very, very short list yeah. of guys. He's, he's definitely in the top seven. For sure. And there's a lot of elite ones out there. So, All right, how about rookie of the year? We have two listed. One, because I think they're going to be more valuable than the other. But one, I think, is just going to have the best pure season. So let's start with the most valuable. The, the most valuable? Yeah. I think Rashawn Slater is going to be the most valuable tackle slash can play guard out of Northwestern goes to the Chargers. I don't think – look, he's it's not a flashy pick. No. And he's probably not going to be in the conversation for AFC Rookie of the Year. I think when you look back to this division, though, look, the Chiefs didn't even have a first-round pick. Um, the the Raiders overdrafted. And then the other guy, the other first-round pick, Patrick Tan, is my pick for the best overall player. Not the most valuable, but the best pure player. Walk in and instantly be like a top 10 corner, top 12 corner. Yeah, I think he's the best technical corner from the draft. I think J.C. Horn was the more aggressive big play corner. It just depends what you want in your DBs. Both can succeed, you know. Uh, you can be aggressive and not technically be the most sound DB and still be really successful. Um, but I think he's the best technical technique guy from the draft. I think he's going to be a top 12 corner minimum instantly. But but Rashawn Slater's more valuable. To keep Justin Herbert upright means double-digit wins for the Chargers, I think. If he's on the ground, that could easily be an eight-win football team. And also just ripping open holes for the run game too yeah and being able to keep that offense two-dimensional because one thing that i'm i do like the chargers having a double digit win season but the thing that makes me hesitate a little bit is the fact that teams i don't want the new coach to be too reliant and dependent on justin herbert because if he puts too much pressure on, on still a very young quarterback i'm worried what that could do to him if he can handle the pressure number one and number two if they can develop some sort of a running game and have that offensive line help out a little bit on the run game i think that's that's the recipe to double digit wins but if it's if they can't do that i don't see this team winning very much i agree you look at like the steelers for example when they won super bowls with a young big ben you could probably you could liken herbert to a young big ben both physical, big athletes, big arm, can move. Ben used to be able to move yeah. a little bit. Extends the play. Um, and I would even say Herbert's more cerebral than Ben was at that time. Yeah. He's a four O biology student, right? Um, he, you have to run the football. The recipe with Ben was to run the football. Ben was almost a second option on those football teams. They won Super Bowls. He need, you need to have a talented enough quarterback to bail you out on third and eight when the run game doesn't work. You need to have a quarterback that, okay, you try to run the ball for the first half, you get down by 10. Can you then say, hey, we kind of need you for a quarter, and then we'll go back to, you know, a little bit more balanced, right? That's the key. Now, sleeper pick is a weapon for Justin Herbert. He's not really, really a sleeper or like a breakout candidate because he's already a semi-proven star, Keenan Allen. He is a proven star, I would say, but he gets overlooked so much. I think he's going to have not a historical season, but I think he's going to be in the top five in receiving yards, receiving touchdowns, a lot of categories receiving-wise. I think he's going to be a top five receiver. I like that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that is it for our AFC West predictions. I think right, that, wrap uh, that up. 
I think that well. There's, there, there's going to be a graphic on uh, social media, right? Yeah, it okay. should be up on Instagram and Twitter basically within the next day, day or two. Yeah. Um, we will have the AFC West up. We already have the NFC West up. Yeah. Go check that out. We've been posting a lot. Uh, you yeah, know, go comment very, on it. Tell us what you active. think of it. Yeah, give us your take. If it, even if you don't agree, you know, if DM it's a, us. If it's a hot enough take. We'll even uh, we'll even talk about it on here. Absolutely. Uh, so let's hit some news real quick before we end this segment. Okay. So how about shout out to the SEC baseball? Basically, yeah. <laughs> it was Mississippi State beating Vanderbilt in the College World Series. You know, the men's baseball championship. Yep. And a couple Whippeal guys were in it. Troy Laneve from Pine Richland, um, playing for Vanderbilt, got a couple starts earlier in the World Series, not in that game. But and then Will Bednar, who actually won Most Outstanding Player in the College World Series, in the College World Series, was absolutely dominant. Gave up no hits in f- in six innings. Coming from in Mars High School in that deciding game, yeah, Mars High School, just an absolute animal. But Mississippi State wins. Congratulations to them. That's their first um, College World Series championship. Only five years or eight years. I'm sorry after. Their first appearance, so yeah. they're they're on the rise quick. And for people saying that Vandy's, you know, that's a really really bad loss, and this this that and the other thing, Vandy's not going anywhere. No. They have a top three recruiting class almost every year. They're having MLB guys in and out of there. Like yeah, Kumar and Jack Leiter will be gone next year. Cool, they might take a mild step back. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, they're going to go from the fourth best team to like the ninth best team and still compete for a championship. You're out. <laughs> My bad. Yeah, they're going to take a, a step back. Even then, that's not even a guarantee. They have a lot of young guys coming in. They're going to be just fine. That program's going nowhere. Tim Corbin is a great coach. Yeah. Also, college athletes able to profit off their name and likeness. Now you're seeing a lot of college athletes signing, not huge, but decent chunk, um, you know, advertisements or, or sponsorships and such. Yeah. I know the Miami quarterback, Derek King. Miami Keynes, uh, football quarterback, signed like a $20,000 deal with a, uh, it was like college hunks that move junks. They were on Shark Tank. Yep. And uh, they're like a moving right. company. Right. I've, I've seen them around. Yeah. And so uh, he partnered with them as well as his teammate on that same team. Um, Phil Dracovic signed one with uh, Yoke. It's a gaming, uh, I don't know if it's a gaming like streaming thing or if it's a gaming Almost like uh, like Juju's brand that diverge. I don't I don't know exactly what it is, but it's good for these athletes. Absolutely, um, I think it's a long time coming. This should have been a thing a while ago. Yeah, right. I mean, these... when that UCF kicker, um, there was there was a kicker for the UCF Knights, and that, he had the YouTube. Account. He had the YouTube account. Lost his scholarship because he was profiting too much off that. Because he was making money off of having his lifestyle film basically because he has skill and he would post kicking you videos and his lifestyle and stuff yeah. like that yeah it's ridiculous um, this has been a long time coming i'm glad the ncaa finally made at least one good decision right we we talked about their horrible decision in the last episode with nc state go back and listen um no but they got this one right they did they yeah. did uh also in news trevor bauer denies sexual assault allegations uh they just came out uh, Is it sexual assault or just assault? Uh, sexual assault and assault. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was saying because I thought the headline was something like you know she was bruised or, or something yes. along those lines. Um, like physical injuries. Right. So I mean I don't want to don't want to comment too much on that. Just wanted to throw that headline out there. Yeah. We'll we'll see what happens. He has I'm not denied. Gonna, there will be a court case. I'm not going to bury him until I see more. It's one it's one article. Now let's just see some facts. I'm not discrediting what she said. 
but let's let's see what how it unfolds. It's yeah. too early to tell. Yeah. But uh, that is about all we have for you in this segment. We will be back. We have... I'll tell you some, why the Yankees suck next segment. Right. We also have some NFL, some Baker Mayfield next segment, and the New York Yankees. So don't go anywhere. Hey guys, it's Tim from The Issue. Just wanted to give a quick shout out to my new favorite performance brand, Rep Sports, and in specific, Raze Energy. That's R-A-Z-E. Skip the sugary energy drinks that always have a crash. Go get some Raise Energy, zero sugar, high in amino acids. Get their pre-workout, some protein powder, hyper sleep aids, and more. Anything you need to keep your body performing at its peak, you can find at repsports.com. We'll put the link down in the description for this episode. Use code TIMBO, that's T-I-M-B-O, for 15% off along with other benefits. Like I said, the link and the code will be in the description for this episode, so go check it out. Yo, what is up? We are back. Second segment. The issue here. Beautiful Monday, post Fourth of July. Yeah. Hope everyone again had a safe holiday, and um, it's good to have you in. Good to have you in. Second segment. Um, we just did the AFC West predictions last week. We did the NFC West predictions. Go back listen to that. We're gonna get into a little bit of why the Yankees suck. A little Baker Mayfield, and then our top quarterbacks in the next segment. But before you do anything, go out to RaiseEnergy.com. You spend $59 or more. You get a free Raise Energy t-shirt. It's the awesome pink and yellow one. It's white with pink and yellow letters. I have mine. It's pretty sweet. And uh, free decal as well. Same lettering. It's from the strawberry lemonade flavor that unfortunately sold out. But hey, there's tons of other good stuff. Go get your uh, your shred for the summer pump. Getting into the NFL, though. Um you wanted to rant on Baker Mayfield. Oh, more. It's another pro football focus centered rant here. So, I do like pro football focus with how it rates people each and every snap. But I think they minimize it too much to analytics. I think you need to use a little bit of you know, what do my eyes tell me? You know, how about wins and value some some of that stuff a little more. So today, I, I think they missed the mark a little bit, right? So they released their top. 10 NFL quarterbacks heading in, or I'm sorry, they released the 32, the top 32, actually. I, I usually look at the top 10 to 15, right? Now, I'm not surprised where they messed up, though. So the top five to six quarterbacks they got right. You know, we we all know the top five to six quarterbacks. We talk about the trucks and trailers things. Right. Those are the trucks. They can they can pull a team, right? Like Brady's two, Rodgers three. I'd argue Rodgers is better right now as a better pure quarterback. But they could both win a Super Bowl. It doesn't really matter. But after five and six, it's a little bit of a toss-up. You're relying on like you know where they're where they where they're located, what kind of staff they have, weapons, fit, offensive lines, etc. Those are the trailers, right? Absolutely. So they have Dak Prescott at seven. <laughs> okay, again, let's relax. Dak <laughs> Prescott is not better than two MVPs, Lamar and Matt Ryan, who are graded lower. Nor right now is even better than a Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill is a higher completion percentage, more touchdowns, lower picks, higher passer rating, and a better record in the last two full seasons, because Dak was hurt this past season. So they're each of their last two full seasons. So I'm not trying to rip Dak. Now let's get into Baker. You know, i got to throw a little jab at Dak here and there, because, you know, he's paid like the first best quarterback. He's somewhere around the 10th. So let's rip Baker. I feel like it's, I feel it's, it's Baker, it. Jalen Hurts, and Dak. 
and it's fun being from Pittsburgh to. It really is. To, it's to, good to throw a jab at Baker because I think at the end of the day, look, Baker's a professional quarterback. I'm not. So whatever I say, he could literally just say, yeah, dude, but, I, I, "I'm doing better than you." And I'm like, "You're right. <laughs> like you're not wrong." Okay, but this is my opinion. All right, this is the opinion business. They have him as the tenth best quarterback, above guys like Brian Tannehill, Matt Stafford, Derek Carr, Kyler Murray, Kirk Cousins. And I thought, we should probably slow down a little bit. That seems a little much. And so since Kyler came into the league in 2019 was his rookie year, we'll take 2019 and 2020. And so that excludes Baker Mayfield's rookie year, which you know we kind of generally do for quarterbacks once they get enough other seasons under their belt. Mm-hmm. So we're going to exclude Baker's, but we're going to include Kyler. So Kyler's got a slight disadvantage off the get-go. Huh, well, Kyler's... 66% completion percentage, 61 total touchdowns, 24 picks, a pass rating of 91. Well, Baker, in the same exact time frame, again, excluding his rookie year, is 61% completion percentage, 52 total touchdowns, 29 picks, and an 87 pass rating. Okay. Um, oh, and Kyler Murray works really good with his stud wide receiver, DeAndre Hopkins. It was a seamless transition. Baker is better without OBJ. In a salary cap league, they're paying a lot of money to OBJ. He's better without him. You may also say, oh, well, you mentioned Derek Carr. There's no way Baker's better than Derek Carr. Again, we'll exclude Baker's rookie year because it's a big growth year. Mm-hmm. So, again, 2019 and 2020. Derek Carr's 69% completion percentage, 53 total touchdowns, 17 picks. More yards than Baker and 101 pass rating. Again, we'll go back to Baker's 61, 52, 29 picks, and an 87 pass rating. Now, 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 there's no way Kirk Cousins. No, there is. Kirk Cousins is better in the same exact time span, 2019 to 2020. He's 68% completion percentage, 63 total touchdowns, 19 picks, more yards than Baker and Derek Carr, and 101 pass, or 106 pass rating, I'm sorry. Again, let's go back to Baker's 87. You could even laugh at Matt Stafford. He played for the Lions. And they always lost. He can't be that good. Well, how about in in Matt Stafford's last two semi-full years? 2018 and 2019 compared to Baker's 2019 and 2020. Stafford in eight less games. Has only eight less touchdowns. Significantly less interceptions. A better completion percentage and a better pass rating. So, how again is is Baker Mayfield the tenth best quarterback? How is Dak Prescott the seventh best quarterback? It doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. I don't understand when when does winning value into the equation? When does better they provide more on the field statistically matter? I get that we can grade every person on every single play and, and average it up and give you our best 14 guys according to our little grades. Kyler Murray does things on a football field that Baker Mayfield and Dak Prescott cannot dream of. Ryan Tannehill wins significantly more than Dak and Baker Mayfield. Derek Carr's a life preserver for a franchise. Doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. No, and I mean, you're right. I mean, Baker hasn't done anything statistically to stand out. Dak has 
Some people point to the DAC stats, but well, I mean, that's just, garbage time. We, we, we pointed that out. I don't even know how... We've done it in multiple episodes. In the games that he plays winning teams, he's a significantly worse football player. Absolutely. He gets about 70% of his stats when he plays the really bad teams. You can point to his first four seasons this... Or his first four games this past season before he got hurt that he was on a historic pace. Sweet. They were 1-3. in three. They don't translate what the do you, wins. What do you want from me? We have the graphic up right now on Instagram and Twitter. Go check it out. Dax stats don't translate to wins. Nope. Anyway, let's get into some MLB. The Yankees are on a horrible, horrible, horrible nosedive. Yeah, so, I mean, like, look. In the grand scheme of things, they're not actually that bad, right? So they're 41-39, and 39, right? In the grand scheme, the Pirates would kill to be 41-39. and 39. Yeah. But for Yankee standards and what they're paying their players and the cachet of the players that they have on their roster... That's nowhere good enough. They are not performing up to par. No. They need to be better. Um, I think they just got... They just lost to the Angels last night. I think at one point they were up 8-1 to one or 7-1 to one or something like that. The Angels won something. I, they hit a grand slam in the ninth inning off of Roldis Chapman to tie the game, and then they ended up winning it. They're just not... Timely hitting is poor. Overall, offense is not good. Their strikeout rate is through the roof. They're not hitting enough home runs. They're not walking enough. They're not getting on base enough. Their starting pitchers aren't dominant enough. They rank outside the top 10 in average OPS, home runs, starter ERA, on-base percentage, all of it. That offense should be a top 5 offense. It's not. I don't know. What do you think? I just think it's really... I don't like when you see a team that pays so much money and dishes out so much cash and then they don't get any return on their investment. I mean, look, with the type of players that you're paying, that the Garrett Yankees are Cole paying, and Judge and- they, should be, they should be lighting teams up. They should be the. They should be similar to the Dodgers and the Padres, the Giants the, record this except year. Except out of the AL, yeah. Yeah, except out of the AL. That should be, it should be like Padres, if you're talking Dodger, about the, Giants, Race, Yankees. and then Yankees, the, Red Sox, yeah. you know. They should be in your discussion for the top five to seven teams. Absolutely. They're not even in the top ten. They're fourth, in their, right they're fourth in their division. And can we just talk about for a second how many, doesn't it seem like at least five to six times a year, Aroldis Chapman gives up a... A walk off, an absolute nuke. Either a walk off or like blows a save and yeah. like lets him tie it up. Yeah, yeah. He's getting increasingly yeah. worse. Yeah, but he started this year so good. He started this year on fire, but he does have those moments. I feel like when he melts down, he melts down. Yeah. Right? Like he doesn't just let up like one run. Like if he's letting up runs, it's it's not going to be pretty. Right? So he's really really good, but he has bad moments. Yeah. I want to talk about why the Yankees suck though. It's not because, you know, Garrett Cole can't use pine tar, sunscreen, whatever. It's not because, you know, the coach isn't getting it done. It's not because the front office didn't bring in the guys. It's because they're underperforming while built on this fallacy. You can be built on this fallacy of home runs beat strikeouts all day long. They can cancel each other out. They can beat them, right? You hit enough home runs, I don't care how much you strike out. Well, that fallacy is really good when people are hitting a lot of home runs and striking out very little. 
if you're going to strike out 15, if your strikeout percentage is 15 to something percent, you, your home run needs to be instead of, you know, your average 5 to 6, it's got to be 8 to 9. It's not. So you're, you're building around this guy, Aaron Judge, right? He's supposed to be this home run guy. He's revolutionizing the swing, everything like that. Yeah. So let's look at other teams who have built around a power hitter, and it, it became successful. Let's go to Albert Pujols when he was with the St. Louis Cardinals. That's the one that stands out to me. Because also Pujols is a historically good power hitter. So if Judge is he was on that pace... Let's, let's compare him to the greats. Let's not pull any punches here. For sure. Pujols has a career strikeout percentage of 10.6%. Here's the key. I'm not even going to talk about home run percentage because Pujols' walk percentage was 10.6%. Home runs don't beat strikeouts. They don't cancel out strikeouts. Walks cancel out strikeouts. I need you on base. Yeah, the solo home run is great. Easy, great offense. I need you on base to make that more lucrative. Right. If you're not on base in front of Aaron Judge, I can't, or in front of, you know, a power hitter, yeah, you can keep adding singles and, and or uh, solos shots all day. But if you don't have we anybody to hit him in. Well, no, 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 I'm saying the, like, solo home runs. Oh, you yeah, need, yeah, yeah, You need to get people on base. That needs to become more lucrative. You need to maximize the value of that one swing of the bat, if that makes sense. Right. Right, so if that swing of the bat gets you one run, whatever value that has, you need to increase that by doubling it, tripling it, grand slam, you know, quadrupling it. You need to make that one swing of the bat more lucrative. Judges' career strikeout percentage is 30.6, and his walk percentage is only 15.3. So yes, his walk percentage is higher than Pulos's, but the difference between the walk percentage... And the strikeout percentage is significantly higher for Judge. You can't win with a gap like that. There's zero for pull host because 10.6 and 10.6. Yeah. You said Judge's was what? 30.6 and 15.3. Okay, so What's he's that? still left with almost 15. That's more than pull host struck out altogether. Just that gap is more than pull host even struck out. Yeah, it's 15.3. 15.3 is exactly half. So he strikes out. He struck out more. Just he struck the, out just twice as much as he walks. Just, yeah. It's not, you can't win like that, right? No. You need to have a combination of the Billy Bean, get on base, Oakland A's, and a little bit of power is fine, but you you gotta you have to get on base. You have to walk more. You can't have this massive gap between K's and walks. That is why the Yankees have sucked. Right. By their standards. We're going to get to a break. When we come back, we will have a list from Pro Football Focus to go over on the top 14 quarterbacks in the game. We disagree. We have our own list. You will hear it all coming up next. What's up, guys? It's the uh, boys here from The Issue. We just wanted to give the guys over at Rockville a formal shout-out. Yeah, they are fantastic. They have everything from lighting to audio for your car, your boat, and power sports, along with, you know, that's even where we got our new equipment for the studio. Yeah, no, absolutely. For some great equipment, um, hit up Rockville Audio. Check out their great prices um, for all your audio, uh, podcast, microphone needs. Yo, what's up? We are back. Third segment of the issue on July 5th. You know, it's been a uh, been a good segment or good episode so far. Yeah. And tie it all together here with the third segment. Yeah, we talked about how bad the Yankees suck and why. Yeah. A little bit of Baker Mayfield, our AFC West predictions, of course. And uh, 
this is a little bit of our game segment, right? We like to go through and... It's either filled with a debate or a game or, or some, uh, sort, some of, sort of... ranking right. of some sort that we give, like, very opinion-based. And hey, if you stay around till segment. the third segment every single time, what's we going on? You. Yeah. Like, everybody knows this is, this is the best segment. Anyway, let's get to it. So, Pro Football Focus made a list. Let's see they this They did thing. the... 32 best quarterbacks. We put 14. So we, we're, we're going to talk about the first 14, right? Because in our opinion, we've talked about it before, five or six can win a Super Bowl. You know, six to seven through 10 with the right surrounding cast could win a Super Bowl as well. And then you got the bubble from 11 to 14 where those quarterbacks, you wouldn't be super super shocked if they like had a really good year and became like the seventh best quarterback with good surrounding pieces and got two or one Super Bowl Jared Goff you know Matt Ryan etc etc right right so without further ado let's give you the pro football focus ranking should we start at 14 or should we start at one let's start at 14 yep so 14 they had Kirk Cousins okay 13, Derek Carr, 12, Ryan Tannehill, 11, Matt Stafford, 10, Baker Mayfield, 9, Matt Ryan, 8, Lamar Jackson, 7, Dak Prescott, 6, Josh Allen, 5, Deshaun Watson, 4, Russell Wilson, 3, Aaron Rodgers, number 2, Tom Brady, and finally, number 1, Patrick Mahomes. Okay. Um, so, some disagreements. Absolutely. Dak, way too high. Baker, way too high. I would say Stafford and Tannehill, too low. Kyler, not even on there. Those are my those are my snap opinions right there, off the rip. Right, so just off of first glance. And then, so we constructed our own list. Yeah. Right, so do we have 14 or 15? We have 14... We put Herbert as our 15th because I think him and Kyler at 14 and 15 are really close. Okay. So let's start. Number 14. Okay. So like I said, 15, Herbert. Number 14, Kyler Murray. He does things on a football field that not a lot of quarterbacks can do. Very Russell Wilson. Kind of. I, I never watched Fran Tarkin with my own eyes, obviously. The legendary quarterback for the Vikings. But highlights. Runs around a lot. Steve Young. That type of quarterback with an absolutely rocket for a right arm. Throws the most beautiful deep ball I think I've ever seen. Had that Has that baseball background so he can chuck it from all arm angles. Knows how to slide and get down. It's an underrated skill. Knows how to slide. Right. We'll get down. Um, okay, so 13, Kirk Cousins. Number 13. 13, Kirk Cousins. I said it before. 106 passer rating. You can win with Kirk Cousins. You 100% could. If Dalvin Cook stays being an absolute beast, Justin Jefferson, you know, continues being a top seven receiver already, their line's good enough. It's average good enough. And their defense can get figured out. Mike Zimmer's a defensive coach. That That's not a bad... He's not bad. Number, number 12. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> number 12, Derek Carr said it before, Derek Carr is wildly underrated. He's carrying the Raiders. They've overdrafted four straight years, have never had a top receiver outside of Amari Cooper, and even then he struggled. You dealt Khalil Mack. Josh Jacobs is probably overrated. Their offensive line's not good. Their defense bleeds points. 
John Gruden loses almost every game in November, December, and January. Yep. Horrible. And their GM I, is a fantasy football guy. All right. He's carrying a franchise, and he's still putting up a QBR of 101, completing eight or 68% of his throws. And for some reason, he's happy there. Averaging 4,000 yards a, game, uh, a year. He's a good quarterback. Now 11, Dak Prescott. Dak has an average arm, accuracy issues, mobile but not hyper-athletic. Now, I don't want to use an injury against him, but I have no idea how he's going to come back. He's rarely injured, so I think he's fairly durable, but you have no idea how someone's going to come back from a broken leg. Victor Cruz was a top receiver in the league. Had an injury to his lower leg like that, never heard from him again. I understand he's a receiver, and it's more cutting and moving than a quarterback, but still, I'm a little nervous. And I just think I just think the guys ahead of him are better, plain and simple. I think he's a good quarterback. I think with a great surrounding, if that defense gets better, he could win a Super Bowl. But the guys ahead of him are just better. For example, number 10, Ryan Tannehill. Like, listen to his stats are really good. Like, really good. I, I think they're right here. Hold up. Let me let me let me find them. Let me actually give you some good stats. Right. Ryan Tannehill is 18 and 8 with a 67% completion percentage, 55 touchdowns, 13 picks, and a rating of 111 since becoming the Titans starter. 111. Wow. It's like the third or fourth best in the league, usually yearly. He's winning games. He's getting to the playoffs, got him to the AFC championship game. He's a better quarterback. Dak hasn't even won. I don't think he's won a playoff game. Maybe one. I don't even know if I'm remembering that correctly. Ryan Tannehill is a better quarterback right now. Number nine, Matt Ryan. He's a former MVP. His down year, he had 4,000 yards and almost 30 touchdowns. In a down year, with no defense, a washed-up Todd Gurley running the football, Julio who was hurt, and a line that was eh. Matt Ryan's a good quarterback. Okay, number eight, Matt Stafford. I don't want to include too much of the situation around these quarterbacks as a factor, but it's hard to ignore that for Matt Stafford. He's going, he's upgrading everywhere. Better O-line, better weapons, better head coach, better running game, better culture, better defense. He should be happy. He's going to be really good. Plus, he hasn't been bad in Detroit I read I read you his stats here in the same span, um, as I think I was talking about Baker here. He only has eight less touchdowns. He's got less a better pass rating, a better completion percentage than Baker in his last two full seasons, and that's with Detroit. <laughs> He's going to be really good, and his arm insane. He's, He's one of the most the talented football. quarterbacks to never win a Super Bowl. Yeah, I think we um, had him in on the I think list we did, for that. Yeah. Uh, all right, how about seven Deshaun Watson? I thought he was rated a little bit high at five. I think sometimes he plays his way into trouble and then looks like Superman and plays his way out of trouble. Look, you can you can play with matches for so long till someone gets burnt, right? Yep. Um, and that also he's had some injuries, ACLs, stuff like that. So you, you don't necessarily love him running around if he doesn't have to, because I think he's a good enough passer. I don't know if he trusts himself enough. I think he work on a little bit of accuracy, middle like mid-range, throws a good deep ball, fairly good quarterback. I still think you could 100% win a Super Bowl with Deshaun Watson. 
Absolutely. For sure. If he works his way out of um, Houston, say Miami gets Deshaun Watson, they're instantly a Super Bowl contender. All right, how about number six, Lamar Jackson? People are going to rip on this. They Pro Football Focus had Jackson at eight. Lamar wins 80-some percent of his games. He's got a QBR in the mid to high 90s, sometimes in the hundreds. I think his average is high 90s. He's gotten better every year. He doesn't necessarily have the best receivers either. His lines, yes, great. Running game, great. So I'll give him that. Good defense, good culture. He's got some help. He's had some help along the way. But let's not act like he's out there throwing to the Rams Rams weapons, the Chiefs weapons. He's not. Wins 80% of his games. Number five, Josh Allen. Stud. Absolute stud. He's a freak of nature. He's huge. He's their best quarterback and their best running back. Like, come on now. You can 100% win a Super Bowl with Josh Allen. Russell Wilson at four, um, which is exactly where Pro Football Focus had him. Not a lot of debate there. Not a complaint, no. Yeah, because the people above him are just better. I think Russ is an all-time top 20 quarterback. The issue is I think he has three quarterbacks that are top 10 all-time in front of him. Brady at three. They had him at two. I just think because Aaron Rodgers ahead of him is a, just a better pure passer of the football. He just won MVP, for God's sake. Like I get Tom won the Super Bowl, but he his roster was better. He's a better roster. So I think Aaron at two is fair. And then again, Patrick Mahomes at one. He's the best quarterback, period. And that's I not just, up for debate either. That's really not. No. I th- you could argue Mah- or, uh, Rodgers, that's fine. But there's things that Patrick Mahomes does in the football field that not even Aaron Rodgers can do. Mm-hmm. Throwing across his body and from 15 yards behind the line of scrimmage and, and rifling ba- it 60 yards like downfield. While backpedaling. It's insane. So uh-huh. um, Patrick Mahomes is one. So most of our grievances are at the bottom, but uh, that's our list. And that is just about everything we have for you guys for today, for the show. Uh, so make sure you're going to our Instagram. We will have clips up all week. Uh, we'll have our division... Um, I'd say by the division predictions we'll have them up we will have everything rolling so make sure you're just staying up to date go follow us on Instagram at the underscore issue podcast then go to our Twitter follow us at the issue podcast email us the issue mailbox at gmail.com and then go to our website and sign up for our newsletter guys thank you for listening that was 